Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Stemming Forward. This is Chris coming to you once again, and today we will be discussing the transition. As mentioned in the last episode, I will be asking Dr. James and Dr. K how they transitioned from graduate student to doctoral candidate to um, industry and how um, they were able to seamlessly transition um, to start the next chapter of their lives. So the first question I have for you all is, what did you do to easily transition into the next position in your lives? I remember in the very last year, making sure that I sent off as many job applications to several different positions around the country, uh, somewhere in industry, somewhere in academia, somewhere in government, making sure I I was applying to as much as possible Um, and also networking with my advisor to see what positions that he or other students were aware of um, other students like alumni of our group and their respective industries. We also had lots of career services on campus. Every company who subscribed to the portal would see your resume you could go to informationals on campus and share your resume as, as well. Ultimately, that is how I ended up with the position I am in now through a campus invitational. I think for me, using engineering career services on campus and then also having an idea of what I wanted to do helped me transition because around my third year of graduate school, that's when I started looking up job opportunities in terms of what I thought I may be interested in post-graduation. And what that did for me was it allowed me to see what skills I needed to develop. It allowed me to start networking with people who were in those positions to get a better understanding of what it is they actually did on a day-to-day basis. So networking was extremely instrumental in my process of transitioning to this chapter in my life. I think the most important thing to do while you're transitioning is get a couple of different people with different perspectives to look at your resume, maybe help you with cover letters, um, maybe help you with a couple of interview uh, tips and tricks. It's also good to take interviews that are given to you. I know a lot of times if we're really not interested in that job, but we are offered the interview, we may forgo it. It It is really good to practice I get some practice in by taking an interview. Even if you had no intentions of taking that job, you actually don't know anything until you're put in that situation. You don't know Mm -hmm. if it would be a right fit for you, right? So taking the opportunities that are actually handed to you was important as well. Mm -hmm. This is good for me because I am in my last year and Dr. James has definitely... um, helped me like especially with the smdp program i didn't know anything about it until she brought it to my attention um, which is the scientist mentoring program that gives you insight and um, experience with industry positions and opportunities that might be available to you and you know you're able to speak with the mentor get their perspective and their experience and their points of views to assist you in that transition so i've definitely 
you know, gained um, a lot of useful information. And I'm, you know, just now getting into the depths of the program. And then Dr. K is really big on writing. So having her look at my statements and um, giving me feedback about my resume and what I can add in and make it more concise and clear. So definitely being able to reach out to people that have that experience in your last year, just to give you that feedback is definitely important. So the next thing I have on my list for you all um, to answer is, how did you prepare? Um, you, you talked about um, what you did and how that has assisted you in the transition. But just like I know a lot of us uh, don't have that experience. They, we're kind of like navigating or trying to figure it out as we go. So like, how did you teach yourself the necessities to get to the current position you're in right now? I think something that I want to debunk is that you have to do it all by yourself because you don't have to. There are people that are in the positions you're interested in there are people who are in industry and in academia and government who are willing to assist you to get to the next level. You just have to find the right people. And I think that's something that has been extremely, extremely instrumental in my journey um, to prepare for jobs or to prepare for the job search, so to speak. The SMDP program or science mentoring and diversity program has been extremely helpful this last year in terms of preparing for interviews. As Dr. K mentioned earlier, having somebody review your resume from the perspective of a hiring manager or having somebody host mock interviews, having somebody give you feedback in terms of your responses to interview questions or going to seminars about career development and professional development. All of those things help prepare me in addition, I started practicing maybe a year and a half to two years out or prior to graduation so that I could get a better understanding of what people are looking for and how I needed to tailor my materials for different positions, especially with me going into an industry that I don't have a background for, so to speak. So my background is in biomedical engineering, and I'm now in the pharmaceutical industry, and I don't have any pharmaceutical experience. So how do I tailor my material so that it is appealing to the pharmaceutical industry and so that they know that I'm interested and that I am a fast learner? So being able to ask the right questions, that's also something that is important, because if you don't ask questions, you'll never find out. So asking questions, getting into the minds of those individuals in higher positions or even people who graduated from your lab, maybe even a few months ago, just talking to people. Networking is so important. So I highly recommend it. Definitely finding people and alumni that are in the positions that you want to go into or industries that you're thinking about entering. I think that is beyond necessary for you to, to think about and to start to execute uh, using LinkedIn or whatever other platform you, you may have to reach them. Uh, the other thing I wanna mention is just making a timeline on what needs to be done and when to prepare for the transition that's happening is 
something I think is neglected a lot of times. And when I say timeline, I mean, you're, you're writing your thesis, you're submitting job applications, you're looking at the city and where the job will be that you want to move to. You're, you'll have to pack up and leave. You'll have to get all of your belongings to that new place. Making a timeline for, with due dates for everything that's going on in your life will actually help you to keep track and have a vision of the end goal as well. So Dr. K, you brought up a good point. Um, you were talking about um, all of the different things that you have to prepare for and how establishing a timeline and writing that out and, you know, getting developing a plan and, you know, following through would allow you to focus on the end goal. So that leads into my next question. How do you balance all of that? You know, you know, making a timeline and then trying to knock out each of the specific goals that you set based on a specific date and then you're in your last year right so how do you balance all of those expectations that you place on yourself first I would have to say like setting up your support system setting up people who are going to hold you accountable maybe even going through this journey with someone else who's who's doing the same thing where you where you communicate that hey I have updated my timeline this week I'm still on track uh, is going to be helpful. Uh, life is always a balancing act and there's nothing we can do about it except to plan for it. And so making a plan for, for everything that could come up and will come up is really important. And, and being very careful with your time and how much time you devote to things. Re- preparing for job interviews, preparing to submit applications and preparing for your thesis and wrapping up your dissertation and all the other things that go along with it all take time. And I know for myself, I don't give enough time to the things I know I need to do. Instead of marking off an hour or two to to do something that may as well take you three to four, even six hours, be aware early on as to how much time you really need to tackle your project, whatever it is, and plan for that. I would say I echo all of what Dr. K just said. I think it's really important to block off time. I think a lot of times it's so easy for us to get distracted with whether it's social media or text messages or phone calls or whatever else we have going on. I think when you block off dedicated time for the job search, it makes it a lot smoother. Something also for me in terms of balancing that was helpful was since I had an idea of positions that I was interested in, I already knew what type of materials the jobs required. And what that allowed me to do was to have my materials reviewed by a lot of different people prior to the due date or prior to the timeline in which those applications were due. That ultimately relieved a lot of stress because all the materials were ready to go. All I had to do was submit it once the application opened. So that was extremely helpful. I think that accountability aspect is more important than we really think it is. Having someone to talk to or to talk through this with, having some people to ask you questions, to kind of challenge your mindset during this process is also valuable. 
I could definitely relate to that because recently um, a friend, uh, we both did um, post-bac program at the University of Missouri, Columbia together and she's um, approaching her final year and we recently developed a weekly tune-up meeting where we would um, establish weekly goals and send each other um, drafts of things for feedback Um, and we also decided that every um, last the last Thursday of every month we'll dedicate that to looking up job positions, figuring out what titles are important to start searching for, um, looking at our materials, if we needed to update our resume, our CV, do that and then send it back to one another for feedback. So definitely having an accountability partner is very, very important for the transition and being able to balance it all. So that kind of leads into a, a related question I know a lot of people are inquiring about, you know, once you're in graduate school, do you have to stick to academia, just follow the normal mode of graduate school, get your PhD, and then you build up trying to get tenure at a specific institution. But there are people that don't want to do academia um, and, and decide to transition into industry like you two have. So I guess my question is, why not stay in academia? Why did you decide to shift into industry? For me, it was the job that came up first and that was going to pay me the most. And so I actually did a almost a year of teaching as a lecturer uh, post-graduation. And it kind of opened my eyes to the fact that having a young child and teaching undergraduates was not something that I was going to be able to do and enjoy it at the time in my life. And so I decided industry would actually be a really good move because it would help equip me with some of the skills I will need when I'm ready to return back to academia. It'll help me have a little bit of the credentials for my peers and for my students to say, hey, what I'm teaching you, the things that we are discussing are some of the things that I've done. And it would also equip me with with the connections I would need to further research, to tailor research ideas and things like that. I think Dr. K brings up a great point in that she lectured before going to industry. So for me, when I first came in, I didn't have an idea what I wanted to do. I didn't know if I wanted to go into industry or stay in academia. So I did an internship and that allowed me to get insight into what the biomedical engineering side of industry looked like since all of my internships in undergrad were more nuclear engineering related. With that being said, I loved the fast pace. I loved how close or how direct an impact could be on a customer or on a patient. And that's what really drove me to want to go the industry route because it really aligns with my passion and purpose, which is to make a difference in the lives of others. While I can do that in academia, I feel it's more direct or it's, it's a different form in industry and as of right now, that is what's really exciting about the whole journey. Not to say that I won't ever return back to the academy, 
but there are ways that I can reach back to students without needing to be a faculty member. I can do that through outreach. I can do that through going to speak to different classes, going back to my alma mater. So ultimately I do love giving back. I do love speaking to students. I do love teaching. However, I love to do that as a volunteer versus doing that as my career. Something I forgot to say earlier in terms of preparing and seamlessly transitioning, I also kept an Excel spreadsheet of all of the positions that I applied to. I had the name of the position, the company, the date I applied. I saved the application number. I saved I also save the job description because I think a lot of people don't realize that some companies take the job description down once they either fill the position or once they start interviewing for a position. And so I would save all of that material so that when I was emailed about a prospective or potential job, I knew exactly which job they were referring to. Because typically when you get these emails, they're not super detailed in terms of the position. And so that was something that I did to help keep track of when I applied to a job, whether I heard back from them or not, anything, any deliverables I needed to complete. Um, So that Excel document was extremely helpful during the whole application process. And I think it helped relieve a lot of the stress that some people get from applying because they're so flustered in that they don't know which jobs they're applying to or whether they even applied for a position or not. Yeah, that's definitely something you should do, you know, not just transitioning, but for the rest of your life, throughout each time you decide to do another career move or apply for a different job within the same company. It's really important to keep keep your things together. Thank you both for that. I've gained so much information from the both of you, as always. I always tell you both how you inspire me, you mentor me, you keep me focused and in line and help me to see that there is an end point. There is, I'm closer and closer to the the light at the end of the tunnel. So I just want to thank you both for your transparency and being, you know, open to discussing your transition. Um, If you have any additional questions for Dr. James or Dr. K that we did not get a chance to address in this specific episode, please email us at stemmingforward at gmail.com. You can also follow us on our social media platforms. We have a Facebook page, um, search Stemming Forward. Um, You can um, follow us on Instagram at Stemming underscore forward, or you can um, request to be added to our LinkedIn group um, by searching for Stemming Forward. So since we have, I am amongst doctors in the building, um, I'm going to allow um, either Dr. K or Dr. James to sign off for us. I'm going to end with this quote. What's in front of you is a whole world of experiences beyond your imagination. Put yourself and your growth and development first. Felicia Rashad. Thank y'all for listening. And remember, we are stemming forward together.